move around much. I'm going to be there in chapter 17 of Numbers. I'm going to read you the story. We're going to read together. If you want to follow along the story of Aaron and the, the rod, the resurrected rod, the resurrected rod. That's going to be found in Numbers, Numbers chapter 17, and we're going to start right there at verse 1. You know, I look out there and I look out there at the congregation and I see little baby Emmett and it reminds me that the Lord's still in the saving business and we're st life still goes on and uh, there's the young ones come up and I see some young people out there in the crowd and I, I, uh, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore and uh, he's not, no matter what the world tells you, Jesus Christ is the answer. He's always going to be the answer. He always has been the answer. And no matter what problems you come, up, come off in life, and in life, that's what life's about. If there's anything life's about, it's about problems. And Jesus is always the answer to all those problems. Well, in Numbers chapter 16, you don't have to read it, but I'll give you some uh, what's going on here. You need to know what's going on here, what's going on with Numbers 17. So this guy named Korah, Moses, is leading, leading the nation of Israel out of Egypt. God called Moses and had Moses lead the people of, of, of the Jews of Israel out of Egypt. And when he leads them out of Egypt, he uses Moses, he parts the Red Sea, they go across on the Red Sea, and the Red Sea falls down on Egypt, and they don't see the Egyptians no longer. Well, he takes Israel, and they're wandering around in the wilderness, and Moses is leading them. And Aaron has been chosen by God to be the priest, the one that comes and mediates between God and Israel because they were scared of God when he came down to Mount Sinai because there was flames and fire, fire and there's smoke. So they're scared of God. So during this process, there's a man named Korah, and Korah stands up and he says, You know what? I don't think you're the only one that can speak to God. I don't think you're the only one that's chosen by God. I can do just as good a job as you can. And when Korah stood, stood up, he got a lot of men that were respected, a lot of men that were really well known to stand up with him and say, Moses and Aaron, I don't think God's only chosen you. Well, Moses falls down on his face before the Lord, and the Lord says, call him out here. So the Lord calls him out there, and Moses calls out there, and he says, okay, Korah, come out here. And the Lord, the Lord tells Moses, if you tell them, this is what I want you to say. If you die a regular death, if you die a regular death, then I'm not chosen of God. But if you, die a, 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 if you die a weird death or a miraculous death, then Moses is the one chosen by God. And about that time, all of Korah and all his friends are standing out there, and the earth goes, and the earth, there's an earthquake, the earth opens up, and they fall down into the pit, and then the earth closes over them. I'd say, okay, Moses, I think you're the one that's chosen. <laughs> that's just me. Y'all do what y'all want to do. The very next day, the very next day, the people of Israel come to Moses and said, they were mad at Moses. Why? They said, Moses, you've killed the people of the Lord, talking about Korah. Well, the Lord hears this, and the Lord God says, get out of my way, Moses. I'm going to kill every one of them. I'm about done with them. And the Lord sends a plague out to Israel, and 14, the Bible says 14,700 people die before Aaron can get out there and be a mediator between the Lord and Israel and ask the Lord to, to, to show grace, to, to, not, to not bring his wrath down on Israel, and the Lord backs off. Are you seeing the top here? What the top is is Jesus Christ. Is Aaron is a top of Jesus Christ. When the Lord's, if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible makes it very plain and clear. The wrath of God abideth on him. God's wrath's on you. That wrath is a devil's hell. 
And you need a mediator between you and the Lord God. And that mediator is Jesus Christ. So that's where we're going to pick up the story. As Aaron has been a mediator between God and the nation of Israel. And the men and women who were complaining saying, I don't think it should be Aaron. I don't think it should be Moses. It could be one of us. It could be one of my relatives. It could be one of these other tribe members. And this is God's answer to finally put all of this to a rest in chapter 17, verse 1. Let's pick it up here and read together. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods, write thou every man's name upon his rod. So there were twelve tribes of Israel, because there were twelve sons of Jacob. There were twelve tribes, they were separated in twelve. So the Lord says, okay, all twelve of y'all get twelve rods, or we would call branches or sticks, and bring them to me, and every man has his rod or his stick, every man of that tribe. So you got one, one rod for every tribe, twelve tribes. And write that, thou every man's name upon his rod. Then they're supposed to write the name down. If it was Zebulon, if it was, if it was Reuben who, or Simeon, whoever name it was, he wrote it on that rod. Everybody had the rod, everybody had a name on that rod. Verse 3, and thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. That's a tribe of Levi. You put Aaron's name on there. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou, thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of, thy, of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. So they had the temple of the tabernacle, and inside that temple tabernacle they had the Ark of the Covenant. It looked a lot like this. It's about this size right here. And it had two cherubims. You ever watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's the same thing. had the two angels, the cherubims, that were leaning over like this over the mercy seat. And they were supposed to bring those rods and put it before, before that mercy seat and the tabernacle. And I will meet with you. Verse 5. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. Verse 7. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. Great miracle. And Moses brought out all the rods before the Lord unto all the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with Dying. Brother Darrell, can you, will you pr mind praying over this? I'm sorry, brother, put you on the spot. Thank you, brother. Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen. So this is the resurrection rod. 
What you're seeing is the resurrection rods. So when he put these rods in this testimony, Moses comes out with the rods. Where everybody's rod was still dead. Everybody's staff was still dead. Their stick had nothing on it. But when they brought out Aaron's rod, Aaron's rod had budded, had blossoms, had flowers on it, and even had some fruit on it, even had almonds on it. There's no doubt that Aaron was chosen by God to be his representative. There's no doubt about it. This is the resurrection rod. And I want to preach this morning and show you how this resurrection rod of Aaron's points directly to our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at some interesting facts about this rod. And in these facts, you're going to see that these correlate with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at the first one. The first one was there must be a chosen rod. That's found in verse 5. There must be a chosen rod. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, is a chosen rod. So there only can be a chosen There's a rod and it's chosen, not by man. Not by man. That's what man likes to do. They like to, they like to make God like they, want him to, like they want God to be. They, they try to make God like they are like. They want God to think like they think, to talk like they talk, to walk like they walk, to do the things that they would want to do. That's how they want God to be. And they want to choose how they want God to act. They want to choose how they, got, they want God to feel. They want to choose how they want God to love and to act and to judge. And God's not like that. Guess what? God's God. <laughs> God does what he wants to do. Well, why can he do that? How can he do that? Because he's God. He's your creator. He made you. And he does what he wants to do with you. He does what he pleases. He's God and he does and chooses. Listen, I, 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 at my work, I'm a little bit of a boss at my work. And I have guys come up to me and they're, they're, they don't like the way I've chosen something. They don't like the way I've done something. Anybody in this room knows what that's like. You're at work and your boss does something you don't like, right? He's an idiot. Well, I'm that idiot. I do things that my guys don't like. And they come to me and like, well, I don't like the way you've done this. And you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, my opinion is we shouldn't have done it that way. Okay, okay, okay. You got an opinion and I got an opinion. Amen. There's only one opinion that counts. That's mine. <laughs> I'm the boss, so go do it. That's what God's doing to us. There's a lot, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants God to act a certain way, but God does what he wants to do, and he's going to choose, and he, it's only going to be God's choosing. And God's got to choose because it's going to do away with all the doubt. When God chooses, he's going to show, hey, there's no, going to be no more doubt in this. There's going to be no more confusion. I'm going to choose the right rod. The second thing I want you to notice there in verse Five, and it shall come to pass that, it, that the man's rod, it's only one rod is chosen. See, it's a one rod, and it's going, to be, it's, it's going to be one rod chosen. Verse 3, it says, the name upon the rod, not rods, it's rod. There's only been one rod chosen. So what God's going to do is what no man likes about it is God's not going to say, okay, well, I'll let, I'll let you do it, and I'll let you do it, and I'll let you do it. God says, no! I want him, Aaron, that's the one, that's the chosen one, that's the only one, the only rod. There's only going to be one rod that comes out. There's many contenders, there's multiple people that want to be the leader, there's multiple people that want to be the mediator between God and man, but God says, I only want one, and that one is going to be that one rod that I choose. You know what that speaks to? That speaks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, in John 14, 6, Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Wow. I can't go this way? No. 
I can't go that way. I can't, I can't go through this religion. I can't go through that religion. I can't go through this experience. I can't go through this work. I can't. No man cometh to the Father but by me. The chosen rod. The chosen rod. The only rod that God chose. He only chose one. And there's many contenders. There's always, always lots and lots of contenders. There's lots and lots of men that put their name in the hat. There's lots and lots of men that say, I want to be the one. I want to be the chosen one. I want to be. And there's lots of fakers and religious leaders and false prophets and men that want, want people to follow them because they say, I'm the only one that has contact with God. I'm the mediator between you and God. I'll tell you what God wants to think. I'll tell you what God wants to say. Brothers and sisters, you got all you need to know about what God wants to say to you right here in this book right here called the Bible. It's right there, written down. You don't have to trust what I say. You don't have to listen. It isn't about what I say. If I say anything that don't line up with this book, if I don't say anything that doesn't come out of this book, then don't believe a word I say. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the book says. It's only one rod and only one rod is chosen. Why is there only one rod chosen? Because God is not the author of confusion. He doesn't want any confusion. Well, I was going to go to Aaron, but I know there's another way. And there's another, God said, no, there's only one way. Jesus Christ said it's a narrow way. Now you start to understand why the world doesn't like Jesus Christ. Why, the world, why doesn't the world like Jesus Christ? Because he's loving. What's Jesus Christ did that the world doesn't like? I can't think of anything. He was a healer. He showed grace. He showed, showed love. But Jesus Christ said one thing that is not tolerable to the world today. And that one thing is, you can't go to Father but by me. I am the door. Any man that comes any other way is a thief and a robber, is what Jesus Christ said. you got to go to heaven through the door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. I am the way. He said, the way. He didn't say a way. Got it? Jesus Christ didn't say, I am a way, a truth, a life. Like there's many ways and many truths and many lives. Jesus Christ, notice, notice. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. The only way. I am the truth. Not a truth. Not this is truth and that is truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. What God is doing here is you're not going to come and approach me, Israel, unless you approach me through Aaron, through his rod. And there can only be one rod, not many rods. Go back up to verse 3. I want to point out something else about this rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod. The rod had a name on it. And this way, this chosen way that God has for our day, for our age, this way has got a name on it. And that name, and there's only one name, that name is Jesus Christ. That's the name. You've got to go to God through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. There's no other way. There's no other mediator. There's no other name. The name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the name that every knee's going to bow to. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue, Pastor, every tongue. I don't care if you're saved in here or lost. You either can do it now or you can do it later, right before you get thrown into hell. 
The Bible says you'll go and you'll stand before God. He'll judge you for your sins. You'll have no mediator. You'll have no lawyer standing for you. You'll have no Jesus. You'll stand naked before God, answer for all your sins, and then God will say, bow the knee, and you'll bow your knee, and you'll say, Jesus Christ is Lord, and you'll get up, and the angels are going to take you and throw you into the devil's hell. The wrath of God abideth on you because you're a sinner. We're sinners. We need a Savior. We need something to save us. And the only one that's going to save us is Jesus Christ. See, there's other stories and numbers that, that relate to this very same thing. They started murmuring again, and the Israel's like, oh, I don't like this food they're sending us. I think Moses has led us out here to die. I hate this. The Lord's out to kill us. So you know what the Lord did? The Lord God, he sent these fiery serpents, and they started killing and biting everybody and killing them. By the thousands. And they started crying out, help us, Moses, help us. And, God went, and Moses went to God and said, God, these people, they want to be helped. They want help. You know what God says? i tell you what you do. You take one of those serpents and you make an image out of that serpent and make it out of brass. And you take that image of that serpent and you put it up on a pole. And everybody that looks on that pole, if they've been bit, they'll live. They won't die. You know what Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus? Like the serpent was lifted up on the pole in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus Christ is like that serpent. He became sin for us on a pole. He became sin for us on a tree. And when we come to Jesus Christ, we're sinners. We've been bitten. We're going to die. We need to look up. But there's only one pole. There's only one brass serpent up there. There's only one Jesus Christ. There's only one way. That's how our Lord God works. Like it or leave it. Lump it. He's not going to change. The rod has a name on it and only one name. I'm going to read you Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Jesus Christ is the only way. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Of course, that name is the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This rod, the, the fourth thing we need to know about this rod, the fourth thing you need to know about that rod is found in verse 8. Look down at verse 8 if you're following along. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. This rod is known to be the chosen way by the miracle of the resurrection power. I'm going to say that again. This rod was known to be the only rod, the only way, the only mediator, the, the one Aaron, the name that's on it, Aaron, this rod was known by the miracle of the resurrection power. You have a dead stick, a rod put in, and the only one that blossoms is the one that's alive. It's, he comes out with this, with this rod that not only has bud, a bud on it, not only has a flower on it or a blossom, it's got an almond on it. It's a resurrection power of life. It's shown to everybody. So to know that you got the right rod, you need to look for the resurrection power. So, what separates our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ out from all the other fakers, and I don't care if it's Muhammad or Buddha, Buddha or whoever you want to pick, what separates him out from everybody else, every other religious leader that man's ever known about is that Jesus Christ died... Just like Muhammad, just like Buddha, just like everybody else, all the popes. He died, but he came up alive. None of, none of the others did. The bones of Muhammad, you can go find the bones of Muhammad. 
Bones of Buddha, you can find the bones of Buddha. You can't find the bones of Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's resurrected. He's got that resurrection power. So this rod is known to be the right rod by the resurrection power you see in those buds. Not a little bit of life. This isn't a little bit of life. Read it with me. Read it with me. Look, for the house of Levi was budded. So he didn't just bring out a, a little rod and it's like, oh, now that I look really, really close on this rod, I see a little bit of a bud coming out. And all the others look dead. No, notice, notice, and brought forth buds, plural, and bloomed blossoms, plural, and yielded almonds, plural. He didn't just bring out this rod and oh, I think I see a little bit of a... It doesn't matter if you were 50 feet away, you go, whoa, that's the one. It's budded, it's blossomed, it's yielded almonds, it's fruitful. Not just a little bit of life. When Jesus Christ came up, he came up with eternal life. Resurrection power to give us that eternal life, that abundant life. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you were like me before I got saved. I didn't know what life was about. And I was trying to find life. And life was no good. And life was sorry. And I didn't... I didn't feel like life was worth living and I thought about committing suicide and I thought all kinds of crazy things because life was just, what was life? I can't repeat the word that would come to my mind when I was a young kid, but it sounded, life is a witch. That's what we would say. Life was a witch. But man, when I bowed my head and said, Jesus Christ, I know I'm a sinner, will you save me? And I meant it in my heart. I didn't know what life was like. Until I got a tall, cold, long drink of Jesus Christ. And then I'm like, whoa, this is living water. And the Lord has given me an abundant life. Beyond anything I could ever imagine. And that's what this speaks to. It's a resurrection power. It's abundant life. It's the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. The fifth thing I want to show you this morning, I'm going to show you seven of them. So we're at number five. So we're getting close, guys. I'm, we're getting close. And the Lord said unto Moses, bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony. The fifth thing you need to know is that this rod was going to be kept close to God. So whenever they got done with this test to show that Aaron was the chosen one, they took that rod, that resurrection rod, and they took it and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant. It was with the Ten Commandments. They had the Ten Commandments in there, and they took, the, they took a bowl of ma a manna, which means what is it? They took that bowl of manna, and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant. They put the, the, the resurrection rod in there of Aaron's that we're just reading about, and they took the Ten Commandments and put those Ten Commandments and put them in the Ark of the Covenant. And what was the Ark of the Covenant? What happened was there was a mercy seat that sat about right where this crown's at, and the cherubims covered that mercy seat. And once a year, for the sins of Israel, the priest would go in, sprinkle in the blood, walking on the blood, that speaks to Jesus Christ, coming in on the blood, coming in on the blood, and he had sprinkled the blood over that mercy seat, and that was supposed to cover the sins of the world, of Israel, excuse me, the sins of Israel. That's what that blood would do. And that's what this speaks to. He said, I want that rod to be kept close to me. Kept close to God. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when he resurrected on the third day, he walked among men for about 40 days, and then he ascended up. And where did our Lord and Savior go ascended up? He ascended up to the right hand of God. He's kept close to God. 
That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That speaks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look, it's still at verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. Against the rebels. This res- the sixth thing you need to know is this resurrected rod is a token against rebels and doubters. That's what it is. It's a token against rebels and doubters. If any man ever doubts God or doubts Jesus Christ or who Jesus Christ said he was, if any man doubts, listen, if some man stands up and says, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to God but by me. Anybody could say that, amen? And men through history have said that. But when Jesus Christ went in the grave and came up the third day, you know what I say? I think that guy has life. He told me that he has the life. And you know what? I believe him. Why do you believe him? Because he came up on the third day. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. But Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. Amen. There was a Muslim that was trying to convert a Christian. And a Muslim was going on and on to the Christian, said, you need to come over to Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad. He's such a wonder. He's so merciful. The prophet Muhammad is so merciful. And the Christian said, man, I've got Jesus Christ. I don't need Muhammad. He goes, well, no, you need Muhammad. Just, just take Jesus and Muhammad. And so, finally, the Christian got tired of it. He said, let me ask you a question to his Muslim friend. Let me ask you a question. I'm walking down a crossroads. And I get to a fork in the road, and one road goes this way, and one road goes that way, but there's two men at that crossroads, and I don't know which way to take. Do I take the left way or take the right way? And there's two men there. One is alive, and one is dead. Who do you ask for directions? And the Muslim said, well, of course you ask the one that's alive. Why are you trying to send me to a dead man, Muhammad, when I'm going to Jesus Christ who's alive? Amen. Amen. Good question. See, Jesus, the Lord God, is, a te- is saying this is a testimony to you to keep, be kept for a token against the rebels. Jesus Christ's resurrection is a testimony to all doubters, to all rebels, to everybody who doubts that Jesus is not the chosen one, to everybody who doubts that Jesus can't be the only way, to everyone who doubts that Jesus can be the, is Jesus the only way to God. All that is a, this is a testimony. What's a testimony, Pastor? The testimony is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I've got an old cherry tree out there that we planted a couple years back, and we got it planted, and you know what's, what's happening? Everything around in my yard is starting to bloom out and get blossoms on it. But it hasn't yet. You know what that means? I'm a little worried. <laughs> Did I kill it? Is it dead? But you know what's going to happen? I believe in my heart. I'm going to walk out there in a couple of weeks. I'll look out there, and you know what I'll see? I'll see a little bit of a bud on it. This little bud. You know, all that's, that's all it's going to take. And what am I going to say? It's alive. It's alive. See, when they buried Jesus Christ in that tomb, they put, the, they put the guards of the soldiers on there to guard it so they couldn't steal the body away. And they put a seal on there. The king put a seal on there so nobody could open up that tomb. They wanted to make sure that nobody came in and pulled the body away and played a joke and played a trick on anybody. They had it all sealed up. And Jesus walked out of that tomb. The angels came down and landed on that tomb, and that tomb just rolled, that rock just rolled over. Did Jesus walk out then? He was already long gone. They went in there and looked, and where's Jesus? He's long gone. Our Lord and Savior, He has a resurrection power. And when I'm preaching to you, Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, hey, you'll have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm not just saying that. Jesus Christ proved it by coming up in the resurrection power on the third day. 
Praise God. Listen, if you've got Jesus this morning, you got the right one. You got the right one. Look, look around, find out, check it out. Don't take my word for it. Go check it out. Go look at it. All the other religions in the world are going to tell you the same thing. They're going to tell you, in a nutshell, they're going to say the same thing. You got to do something to get saved. You got to do something to get to God. You got to do something. And what you'll find out when you go to Jesus Christ, it's already been done on the cross. Well, what do I got to do? What you got to do is take it. It's already been done. It's already completed. You just receive it. John 1, 12. Gave him the power to receive, to become the sons of God. To be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. Now let's finish up. Let's finish up in verses 12 and 13. And I'm closing. Verses 12 and 13. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. See, what happens with this rod, and what happened with this rod is they realized when God showed them beyond a shadow of a doubt with that miracle of the resurrection power, when God showed them that, and they had been going against Aaron, had been talking about Moses, been talking about Aaron, going against God's way, they realized we die, we perish. What this rod does, it makes you realize you're in trouble with God. And the only way you're going to get right with God is to go God's way. And God's way is Jesus Christ. And there's no better way. You know, once you hear about the way of Jesus Christ, you know what he says? He says, my, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. What he means is Jesus Christ says, you're having trouble in life? I'll yoke up with you. A yoke has got, you got an ox on one side and you got an ox on the other. Jesus Christ says, you're not going to pull life by yourself. I'll yoke up with you. My burden is light. My yoke, yoke is easy. He'll, Jesus will get in there and, and live life with you. Muhammad never promised that. Jesus Christ said, I'll give you peace that the world can never give you. I'll give you peace that passeth all understanding. And I'm here as a Christian telling you, as a 20, uh, almost a 30-year-old Christian, 30-year Christian, I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ will give you peace that will pass all understanding. Joy. I can't, I can't begin to tell you all the stuff that Jesus does for you. Listen, the reason why it's so easy for me to get up here and preach Jesus Christ with such conviction with, 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 and, and raise my voice is because He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's, it, he's the best thing going. It's easy. It's an easy sell. All I can tell you is it's your stubborn pride or heart that's keeping you from coming to Jesus Christ. And I don't know if, some, if somebody in the church has done something to you. God forbid, because the church is full of sinners, amen. Maybe somebody in the church has said something to you they shouldn't say. Done something to you they shouldn't do. Been a hypocrite. church is full of hypocrites. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not preaching the church to you. I'm not trying to present to you a philosophy or an idea. I'm trying to present to you a man. And that man is the son of man, the son of God. His name is Jesus Christ. And he said, any man that coming to me, I'll no wise cast out. That's the Jesus I'm preaching to you. And when you come to God and you realize, hey, we die, we perish, we all perish, you realize you're a sinner in here this morning, you say, well, I'm a sinner, I know I'm a sinner, I know that if God was to judge me for my sins, there's no way I could stand, there's no, I should be punished for what I've, if you come to the God with a, with a heart like that, he will save you if you come to Jesus Christ. He wants to save you, but the ball's in your court. I can't do it for you. And neither can your parents, neither can your loved ones, your wife, your husband, whoever you're married to. They can't do it. You've got to do it for your own self. It's a decision for you. But I'm here to tell you, 
all through the Bible, you see this Jesus Christ types all through the Bible. And you say, why is that like that, Pastor? Because Jesus Christ is the most important being. He's the God. He is God. And you know, in the end, Jesus Christ is going to rule this world. He's going to be King of kings and Lord of lords. So when Jesus Christ comes back and you start straightening everything out, you know what, you know what Jesus Christ is going to be? He's going to be a, my friend. Because I took him as my Lord and Savior. I said, Lord, I want you to be my king. I want you to be my Lord. Please, Lord, save me. And he saved me. Have I been the best person? No. Have I been the best friend? No. But you know something about Jesus Christ? He's never left me and he's never forsaken me. Through all that I've done, that's a pretty good friend. You're missing out. I'm here to tell you this morning, in closing, that you're missing out if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for your grace and mercy we find in Jesus Christ, Lord. And I thank you for the cross, Lord, that you were willing to go die for my sins and for my life, Lord God. Give me eternal life, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that you showed me and proved it to me, Lord, through the resurrection. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. Same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.